Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. Thank you so much. You all can be seated after the most amazing worship concert, smooth jazz, glory bomb that ever happened on the East Coast or any coast. That was amazing. So, so good. I don't know how, Jen, we were in the same youth choir and I didn't come out sounding like that. I mean, not one of those high notes came. Whoa. You have never heard Waymaker like that before. Hello. Hey, it is so good to be with you all at Highway Church, and I know that there's some that are visiting, and you know, I know it's a Saturday night. This isn't maybe a typical church night or even a night where you even think about church stuff um, or, or God's place in your life or, or Him at all, but you know, I just believe that for whatever instances brought you here, some way, somehow, heaven got you in the room tonight. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if, if we got here on purpose or by mistake or by default or you thought this was a movie that was open and then now you're stuck. <laughs> whatever, whatever reason you're here, you know, you're here, but, but heaven knows you're here. Yeah. And um, I guess there's something, you know, I grew up a church kid, um, but there's something I'll just never get over about the Lord, and that is how personal he is. He's so personal. I mean, Alpha and Omega set the stars into place and yet is the most interested in the day that you had. I mean, what a love is that? You know, by, by love personified. And, uh, and so if we could just kind of start there tonight and I'm just going to pray and ask God to just envelop us in this time. I feel like tonight is, a, is just going to be a time to just sit and soak in his presence and just let the Holy Spirit go to work in us and what he needs uh, to do individually. He knows what you need. He knows what the person sitting next to you needs. And more than likely, they're two totally different things. But when we just give him room and space and place, and because his words are eternal, somehow in the space of time when we're together, he can get every single one of us what we need right in the moment we're in. And when we leave here, we go, I am, I'm a different person. And maybe I can't explain to you why, I just know I'm changed. Amen. I can't do that, but he can. And uh, so I want us to just start just sort of leaning into that love and going, okay, such a love like that, God, do everything you want to do in me. Can we just go before him in that place so father we just thank you first of all for the establishing of a place like highway church where your goodness and jesus is the one that's put up front and jesus we love you we love you as the song says because you first loved us and our love is just merely a response 
to your love that has just taken our breath away. We love you so much, God, and we open our hearts wide to receive from you, maybe in a greater capacity than we ever have before. And God, we trust that your love will untie knots. We trust that your love, God, will set things right back in place. It will heal brokenness, Father. It'll, it'll take the sting out of things. God, we just open up wide to receive your love. But God, to take us beyond that place of healing and into a place of vision, into a place of destiny and into a place of purpose. And so we thank you for it. Holy Spirit, I just avail myself to you. I ask you to speak through my thoughts and speak through my mouth. And Holy Spirit, once again, we just give you permission to come and invade the privacy of our hearts. God, we say if necessary, we give you permission to rearrange the landscape of our lives. To put us in place for all that you have for us. For this time that we are right now in. And we receive the grace for that change. Come on, let's not blow by this moment. Let's just take this in. We take in your grace, your ability, your empowerment for all of the change, all that you're doing in our lives, Father. God, we ask you to take the rough places and make them smooth. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Father, some of us have been facing things. We've said, we, I don't know how I'm going to do it. The ramifications are going to be so much. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But God, your word says that your grace is sufficient. And so we take it. God, things you're doing in our lives might ruffle feathers of those around us, but we take your grace to deal with those that can't deal with the change. We thank you for it, God. We thank you for it, God. And Lord, I thank you that nothing catches you by surprise. That you are the great architect of our lives. And we are building your plan with you together. And we put our trust in you. And we thank you. And we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And we say amen and amen. Amen. Can't you feel just his presence and his goodness and his grace already? It's so, so good. That's all I've really got tonight. Thank you for coming. Hasn't this been great? It's so good. You know, we talk about the presence of the Lord and we sing songs, you know. There's so many songs about God, won't you come and do it? And, and won't you just come and please come down? And, and the whole time he's like, psst, I'm right here. I'm doing it right now. And we're just still waiting for like the, you know, like, and he's like, no, no, no. I'm way cooler than that. I'm way more, I'm moving mountains in you, but I'm super chill about it. He's cool like that, right? Some of the greatest things, moments that I've now tell stories about, in the moment they were so chill. 
And then you get out of them and go, whoa, you know, look what God did. You know, if we'll just remember that, I love that, that saying about sometimes we miss the supernatural looking for the spectacular. And really, so many times when we're in his presence like this, he really is just doing such a powerful work. And uh, just because there's not a billboard over your head going, something significant's happening here, everybody look, doesn't mean it's not happening. And so he really is doing something right here, right now. He's doing it in you right now. Your natural eye can't see it. But if you could peel back this realm and look into the realm of the spirit, then every one of us, something's happening to the degree that we yield to it. We're going from one place of strength to a new place of strength. We're going from one place of faith to a new place of faith. We've been knowing him in one place of glory, and we're going into a new place of glory. Come on, it's going to require some new things of us. Don't put the brakes on. It's going to require some more, but your life's going to be better for it than it ever has been before. Amen. That was my second closing. Now I'm done. We can laugh and go back and forth, right? Um, go ahead and open up in your Bibles, if you will, to um, First um, Samuel. No, no, no. I'll tell you what. Go to First Corinthians chapter two, and and uh, and just hold your place there. Um, I'm going to just share a few things, and we'll kind of just jump around because I'm just really going to follow uh, him and all the things that he wants. Um, I know Pastor said we need to be done here about 11.30, and so I'm going to be mindful of that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, back in um, December, some of you are like, she's joking, right? She's joking? She is. Uh, back in December of uh, this past year, uh, early part of the month, I had taken a couple of days, and it's kind of typical for me at that time of year that I'll just kick back and just set aside some time just to be still, get quiet, hear my heart, hear what God is saying, specifically about the new year that's coming. And, and I really look to him for my personal life and then, you know, doing what I do and traveling and speaking in the ministry, um, just listening for, for what heaven is saying. Uh, for us as a, as a ministry and what I'm called to speak to and write to and all those things. Um, but then I'm also listening for, you know, whatever place of influence that God has entrusted me with. I'm not just listening for me, myself, and I, but really listening for God. What are you saying to the body of Christ right now? What are you doing in this season that we're in? And and I always go back and find over and over again throughout the Word of God how important it is to God that we stop and know what type of season we're in in life. And it's a really big deal to the Lord. And when you start looking for it, it's all over Scripture where God starts making statements like, and now is the time for, or now is the day of. And, um, and so one of the things that I discovered is this it's like a story within a story. And um, it's this miracle story of Jesus. And Jesus is with his disciples and he's 
on his way into a city, and the whole point of the journey is really to tell us what happened when he got to that city. But there's a story in the story, and there's this moment as they're traveling in, and there's just one or two scriptures about it, and I'll just paraphrase where Jesus stopped, and he stopped his, his tribe, his guys, his disciples, and he stopped him, and he said, you see that group of people over there? And the Bible calls them the sons of Issachar. And he stopped and he said, you see those, that group right there? In essence, what he said is, the genius of those guys, what, what sets them apart, what makes them so smart, is that they know the time of their visitation. In other words, what he was saying was, those guys right there, the genius of those guys, is they know what season they're living in. And so... It's, it's a big deal. First of all, if you know what kind of season you're living in, you're going to move with it and your life's going to be better for it. Okay? Up here in Boston, okay, winter, long season, if you just refuse to acknowledge that it's winter in Boston, are you going to pay a price for it? You are, people. Okay? You're going you're gonna to pay a price. I mean, it doesn't matter how much I like palm trees. If I just refuse to admit, you know, that it's winter and I live here on the East Coast and I'm just out there in my shorts, you know, in my sandals, living the dream, I'm going to pay a price for that. So in the natural, we can just see, like, life's going to be better if you know, God, what are you doing in my life right now? What kind of season am, am I in? But it really goes a step beyond that because I, I'm going to make this statement to you. When you understand what season you're in, then and only then can you apprehend what that season holds for you. So there are specific things, even in our natural seasons, that take place specifically in that season. And it's imperative that they happen. It's imperative that it goes down because if it doesn't go down in that season, the next season, the following season is going to be a dud. Okay, okay. Now, a lot of times in winter seasons, that's when we think there's not a lot of activity. But do you know, even in, a, in agriculture, in our earth soil, the winter season is the most active time in the earth soil. Why? Because there's so, you can't see it with the natural eye, but if you could look just under the surface, there's so much that's breaking down from the old season, and there's so much that's breaking out and germinating. There's so much activity in winter seasons, but if you look at it at face value, what does it look like? Lifeless. It looks dormant. It looks gray. It looks decaying. In fact, when you start coming to the winter season, everybody starts going, get me out of here. I can't be around. Why? It's lifeless. It's dead. I need something going on. But if, but if even in our earth soil, if all those nutrients, if all that was happening jumped out of that season, in the next season, they're going to pay for it. So I want to say to you tonight, and I believe God is saying this, that some of you have been in a season where in the natural you're looking going, God, what are you doing in my life right now? 
There is, there's been no activity. Maybe you felt like things were stalled. Maybe you felt like things were stuck. Maybe all of a sudden you just feel like God's gone quiet. You're speaking to everybody else. God, why won't you speak to me? I'm trying to hear. He's not saying anything. I'm looking at the canvas on the inside and it's blank. And I believe somehow, some way, the Spirit of God got you here tonight to say don't judge the activity of your life by what you can or cannot see with your natural eye. Because if you could look just under the surface what I have been doing in you, what I have been preparing you for, and what I have been preparing you to step into has been under great activity. I mean, that was worth coming for right there. So when I understand what season I'm in, then and only then am I able to apprehend what that season holds for me. I can work with it. I can, I can bend and yield to what God's doing in my life when I understand what season that is in. Why? So that I get the maximum benefit of what he's setting me up for. But the second reason why it's so important to know what season you're in is because it's not just about apprehending what that season holds for you, but it's also about contributing what you're meant to give to that season. See, so many times life gets stalled on the path of destiny because we put it into neutral. Worse yet, we put it into park and we go into wait and see mode. And we run into people six months, eight months, a year down the road, and we go, hey, so what's going on? What's, I haven't seen you in a while. I haven't talked to you. What's going on now? Well, I'm just, well, I wish God would get off his royal duff and do something because here I am going to church every week, trying not to watch bad shows, and nothing's, nothing's going on, Okay. And, and, that, and, and you know what? Honestly, if my boss would just pay attention to me, something would happen, and it becomes everybody else's fault. And if this one would just, and if that one hadn't, and if this one would, and if I just could, and if I should, and it all gets put off, and the whole time God is going, you are never going to move into the next season I have for you if you're in wait and see mode. I'm going to give you some things to do. It's going to require change. It's going to require more of you. But there is something for you to contribute to this next season so that you can step into all I have for you. Does that help some of you tonight? So it's important to know what season we're in. So I'm in December, early December of 2020, and I'm spending this time, and I'm listening for my personal life. I'm listening for the ministry. I'm listening for whatever God would say to the place of influence that he's given me, you know, and I'm, and I'm looking at our world and, and what's going on, and, and I just remember that God just spoke this phrase to me about this year, 2021, that we were about to come into, and, uh, and it was real simple, and all I heard him say was, he said, this next year is going to be about transition and transformation. Now, this is early December, you know, of 2020, so we've just kind of come through, still coming out of this whole pandemic situation, unprecedented, nobody's ever experienced it before, all the words we're so tired of, and the, the double in, new normal, and the, but don't throw things. I won't say it again if you just don't throw anything. So, so I'm hearing God say transition and transformation, and I'm like, won't he do it? Let's transition. Let's do it. You know, that sounds great to me, transition and transformation. And, um, and I was so encouraged when I 
you know, Pastor Joseph was just sharing with me a little bit that that transformation word has been something that's been stirring in him and in you all here at Highway Church. And, uh, and really, all of us, you kinda, we can all look at our lives and we can see this playing out in one way, shape, or form. And so what I'm saying is if this is the season we're in, then what we want to do is lean into that, not be in a wait-and-see approach, but lean into it and say, God, what does transition and transformation look like for me right now? And before you disqualify yourself from that whole scenario and go, well, some of you need it, but you know, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I'm not going to hell. I'm not as mean as I used to be. I don't swear as much. I'm nice to my neighbors. You know, before you, can I, let me just say this. We all just need to own this, this statement that there is no permanently excellent version of any of us. And even on the days when I go, you know what, God? It's just a lot. What I think of is the sacrifice that Jesus made so that I could keep becoming who he, who he always said that I could be. I think of what Jesus went through picturing me on my worst day and still seeing the best of me. And going, no, even in that horrible moment of hers, I know what I've placed on the inside of her. I know that the more she'll yield to my spirit on the inside of her, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to take her from strength to strength and faith to faith and glory to glory. And when I think about his belief in me and the sacrifice that he paid so that I could live out of who he is in me, what right do I have to spend one day just kicking back and living comfortable because I don't want to go through the change? I can't do it. How could I, how could I spit in the face of such a love? And such a, how could I dishonor such a sacrifice? And I'm not saying that out of a, a guilt trip, but that's just the reality of it. It, it pulls us back into alignment and in check. And we go, okay, God, I haven't arrived. There is no permanently excellent version of Jen. So paint the picture on the inside of what you, what you have for me. So I believe that this year is a transition year. It's a transformation year. I believe it's positioning us for what he's moving us into. And I believe that in this time, there's going to be a lot of us that it seems like we transitioned overnight. But really, as we talked about, it's been happening right below the surface for quite some time. So, and I want to say this to you, in Highway Church, I believe you fit this bill, that it, it, it's been one of those by the natural dormant seasons, but you have come to the end of that, and now you are popping out the other side, and all of a sudden, a lot of change is going to hit your life. A lot of new words are going to start coming out of you because that's how God moves us. We start seeing something new on the inside, and we go, what is that? And we just start leaning toward it, and all of a sudden, words start coming for what that is. And once you have words for something, words are creative. Once you have words for something and you can start describing it, then you can move toward what you have words for. 
So a lot of you are coming out of this dormant season on the other side and your head's popping up and you're like, I've got words. I know what this is. I'm saying you're going to start hearing a lot of new words, a lot of new change, a lot of new things, and you're going to come out. And at first people are going to go, what? That is a knee-jerk reaction. That's something that's happened overnight. And you're going to go, no, no, no. See, you couldn't see it, but this has been germinating. Come on, this has been cooking on the inside. Me and God have been soaking in this for a while. It might look overnight to you, but what I'm saying is that God has been preparing me and moving into a new place of destiny. And so we have to be, we have to be ready for the change. Does that help you tonight? Come on, come on, come on. Transitions and transformations, they bring new phases. They bring new phases in, in new places. And what I love about what God does is that he lines us up with him. Now, I, I know I told you to go over uh, to a place in, was it 1 Corinthians 2? Okay, go over to 3. Just put your eyes on this. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. It says this, and we all, somebody say all. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from us, no, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now I want you to think about this a second. This a lot of, there's a lot of words, but let's just break this down because in this verse is the pattern, is the way that God transforms us. Okay, so I want you to listen to this. And we all who with unveiled faces, now let's just stop right there. Unveiled faces, what is he talking about? Well, we could look at this a lot of different ways, but what I feel the Holy Spirit saying on it is this. If you're going to let me change you, then you're going to have to be real with me and let me be real with you. Unveiled. Not the dressed up version. Not the pretty version that we tell other people and that we give to church and we sell ourselves and we put on Instagram with the filter, 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 <laughs> filter, 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 with unveiled faces. Uh, remember Jesus when he, he revealed this whole way he transforms us again when he had that encounter. Again, it's like the story within the story. Don't you love that about the stories in the Bible? The story and the story. So the story and the story in this one, the big story is the woman at the well. And Jesus is spending time with this woman at the well, and they didn't really interact. There was a big cultural dis, uh, divide, racial divide there. And, and Jesus is sitting there talking with this woman. It's kind of drawing attention. It's a big deal. And, um, and so Jesus starts talking to her, and so she speaks to him out of her veils, her masks, and tries to be uber-spiritual and religious with him. And she says, well, let me ask, you know, she realizes he's a religious guy. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, do you think we should worship over here or do you think we should worship over here? I mean, in modern day, it would be like, do you think there should be lights and smoke machines or do you think we should sing the hymns? <laughs> I mean, it's Saturday night, okay? Rock 'em, sock 'em. I'm just going to have fun. They fed me Italian food last night. Come on, I was in North Boston by 7 o'clock. I had a cannoli in my hand. I came wired for sound. Do you understand? I might have a little southern twang, but there is Italian running through this blood. 
And so she's, she gets into all the religious vernacular of the day. And Jesus is like, it doesn't, it doesn't even phase him. He could care less then. He could care less now. Just encounter Jesus. So um, he blows past that, you know, and, uh, and he just goes right to the core of it. And he makes this statement. It's the transformation recipe of heaven. And he says, look, basically he says, the father could care less about that. There's only one thing that he's looking for. Anybody who will come and worship or have relationship with him in spirit and in truth. Unveiled faces. See, religion tries to tell you that to have a relationship with God What he's looking for is for you to start living out of behavior modification. But that's not so. Because you could actually attempt that your whole life and never be transformed or changed on the inside. Well, then what did Jesus go to the cross to redeem? If all we were going to do is try and act right, but not really be right. I mean, my Bible says that we're new creatures in Christ. Old things of, wait, they passed away? Like they're dead? And all things have become? So that's a totally different thing than just straighten up and fly right. That's unveil your face and go, Jesus, here it is. Here it is. Change me. Take my mess and make it a miracle. Because I can't. So he says, and we, we all who with unveiled faces, if you really want to transition and transform in this year, how honest and real are you willing to get? Because to the degree that you are is to the degree that we can contemplate the Lord's glory and be transformed. So, you know, here in the U.S., we have that whole phrase about, you know, bring us your weary, right? You're broken, you're downtrodden. I mean, that's heaven's mojo. That's heaven's pro. Bring me all your stuff. That's what he's saying. Bring me all your stuff. Unveil it. Bring me all your stuff because everything you bring me, I can change. But everything you don't, I can't do anything about. I can only work with what I bring him. That's why in the Old Testament, David got a revelation of this. I mean, David had stuff that needed to be changed. But David got a revelation of this because at first, David's MO was when his stuff came out, he would run and hide. And that's what a lot of us do. Maybe we don't physically run, but in our minds we run, in our souls we run, and we tuck that away. And we, but then he got a revelation of the goodness and the love of God, and, and you could see when he got it, when he grabbed hold of it, because he stopped running to hide, and he started prolifically writing about, God, you are my refuge. You'd, I don't hide from you, now I run to you. And I run to you with my good, my bad, the ugly. And you are my safe place. You're my strong tower. Because when the righteous run into it, see, what did he get a revelation of? Even when my stuff comes out, he calls me righteous. And I run to him. 
and he sits with me and he changes me. So we don't hide, we don't run from God, we make him our refuge. We're being transformed into his image with, now this is a big deal, ever-increasing glory. I mean, day by day, it just keeps increasing. It just keeps growing. So the level of the glory of his that's changing me today, if I yield to it, is only going to keep increasing. By this time next year, the level of his glory that we're going to be experiencing, if we yield to that, and how he'll be changing us, which means think of all he can do through us. I mean, Highway Church, that's why you exist. Ever-increasing glory says, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And I just want you to grab on to that, that this glory comes from His Spirit. And you know that you're a well-taught bunch. You are a spirit. Come on, you live in a body, you possess a soul, but you are a spirit. So you can't say that I can't access that because I'm not as spiritual as the person sitting next to me. Uh, there's not one dog that's more a dog than another dog. I've never driven down the road and seen a dog, you know, sitting on a porch just <clears throat> trying to be a dog. If you're just the little yapper that drives me insane, you're still a dog or the big, you know, they're all smelly, gross, <laughs> hair on my clothes, chew my shoes, lovely dogs. And if you have a dog, God bless you. But if I come to your house, I might not love your dog like you love your dog. And I need you to think about that. Four people just walked out. I'm sorry. Do we have any cat owners in the house tonight? Okay, thanks for coming. You can't be a spirit more than you already are. You just is one. I don't know how else to say it. You know, you just are, but we can be more aware spiritually at some times than others. And so what I have found is something that God has been pulling me into is to protect the atmospheres I live in, to be more inclined and more aware of spiritual environments and spiritually what's going on because it's in the spirit where this ever-increasing glory is taking place. And that's why Jesus said that. The Father is looking for those that will just come and be with him in spirit but in truth. Some of us get really good at putting on the spiritual behavior, but you need to step over here and just lay that down and go, no, 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 that's not spiritual. You need to grab hold of this truth part, and it'll be so easy for you to just be in the spirit. Just so easy. I remember when I first started traveling full-time, you know, and, and I would be preaching, and, and then maybe we'd have a time of ministry, you know, afterward, and, and people would come up for prayer. And, and I, I remember always getting to those ones, you know, and you'd go to pray for them, and you couldn't get a word in edgewise because they are just praying like a house on fire, you know, like emergency tongues, like their life depends on it. And, and I'm just like in the – and so, Father – oh, you're not dead. And so God, you know, or, or, and it's just what they knew to do. You know, they were trying to respond, and, and, uh, but it was just this worked up spiritual gravitas. 
you know, or it just coming up and go, yes, God, every, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, everything you have, Jesus, everything you have, and, I, and God's trying to pour something in them, and they won't, and so, you know, I finally got bold enough, and I just, you don't want to be rude, but I just remember walking up to this girl, and I just said, I just tapped her on the shoulder, and I said, when you're done praying, I would like to pray for you, and she went, oh, that was all it took, so because she was putting on such a persona, trying to be spiritual, and God was trying to get something spiritual on the inside of her. So what I'm saying to you tonight is not so much rocket science, but if we're going to apprehend the season we're, we're in, and we're going to contribute what we're supposed to have, it's always these little things. It's not rocket science. It's these little things that we have to come back to, going, okay, where in what? This sounds like a great idea, but how does this really happen? How does this really go down in my life? And that's what God is shining a light on tonight. He's taking us into a new place in the spirit that's going to require an honest approach, but to the level we'll do it, we will begin to receive that ever-increasing weight of glory that is transforming us into that version of us that he always said we could be. Romans told us about this in Romans 12, and it says, Be not conformed to this world. Come on, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we're going to have to be willing, like I said, to see some new things, to think some new thoughts, so that some new words come out of us, so that we can start building what God's put on the inside of us. So I want to say this to you. Transition and transformation requires movement. It just does. Now, I have been one of those people that have always said, and it is true about me, I've always said, you know, I like change. In fact, I need change. I can't handle same old, same old for a while. Some people, they go to the same restaurant, they order the same thing, they want the same server, and everything's just, and they are so thrilled with same, same and monotony. And if that's you, just just leave right now. There's the... (laughs) I used to say, I, 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 I'm not that person. I require change. I might eat my favorite, you know, meal five times and then I'm done. I don't want to eat it again for a year. I need something else. And so I would always say that. But you know what I found out? I was lying. <laughs> I was so lying. Because what I realized is I do like the change that's my bright idea. But I do not like the change that I am not in control of. No. Hey, wait, you're not changing. I did not say that this was old yet. I'm not finished with this yet. Right? And so we got to own these places in our humanity because to live in a time of transformation, we can say, yeah, God, bring it, but that is going to confront your flesh. And God's going to require a change from you that you probably weren't quite yet ready for. And we're either going to dig our heels in on that change and go, no, 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 God, I, I would love to, but I can't. I can't do that. And here's all the reasons why, as if he didn't know the full picture. And so we have to posture ourselves and go, in order for transformation to happen, it's going to require movement, and movement equates change. So God, what are you highlighting? What are you putting your thumb on? What is it that you're saying? You and I need to look at this because this needs to change, not next year. This needs to change right now. 
and I know it feels too much for you, but of course it's going to feel too much for you because if it wasn't too much for you, you wouldn't need my grace. And I already told you that my grace is sufficient. So that just kicks us right back into this sweet spot that God has for us called living by faith. We're never going to graduate out of it, folks. We never are. If we do, then we've stopped changing. Then we've stopped changing. Is this helping you tonight? Okay, what else do you want to talk about? Anything? You pretty much got it? He said this, talk about ever-increasing glory. He said, my glory will sustain you. Now, you know, I live in airports traveling all the time. I've been in the full-time ministry now about uh, 23 years, and I've been traveling full-time, doing what I'm doing um, for like 11, 12 years now. And, um, and so when I say traveling full-time, I mean like, you know, pre-COVID, I was pretty much on the road every weekend of my life except you know, major holidays or if there was a, a, a big family ordeal. So I spent a lot of time in airports. In fact, if any of you need frequent flyer miles, just sign up in the back. You're not getting them. I paid a price for those. But, um, but you know, there's nothing that lights me up more on the inside because I'm trucking through airports all the time than when I come out of the gate and I've got this long concourse and I see the moving sidewalk. You know the moving sidewalk? The moving sidewalk is, other than Amazon Prime, it's one of the greatest <laughs> inventions ever. That and Uber Eats. But Uber Eats and Amazon Prime, and you guys don't know about Uber Eats? They just bring, like, Applebee's to your door? Guys, come on, you all need to move to Nashville. I will hook you up. So... So I love the moving sidewalk, especially like Sunday service and they rushed me to the airport and I forgot to change my shoes so I'm still in heels and I'm just like, what is wrong with you, Jen? How could you not put your airport shoes on? And then I see that, that moving sidewalk. And so what I love about the moving sidewalk is you just step on it and it starts taking you where you need to go with little to no effort. I love that about the moving sidewalk. The grace of God, okay, listen to me. The grace of God when you lean into it, when you lean into it, when you stop leaning on your own understanding, but you lean on him, it will take you somewhere. I said it will take you somewhere. If you have felt stalled in your life on the path of destiny, this is going to be a little tough, but... It could be you haven't been leaning on him for much. Maybe you haven't required him. You love him. Call him Lord. But the version of your life right now doesn't really require the grace of God. And I'm, I'm not laying this at your own feet. I, I have walked in, in these places, and I've, I've shared this story many times before when I was in like one of the faith fights of my life and we had stepped into a, a big ordeal. Um, my team and I, we had uh, decided to host a nationwide women's conference in the third world country of Grenada. It was something God had put on my heart 
And I had been going there and ministering there for about 16, 17 years. Every year I would go in and we'd go into the high schools and we did, I took medical teams and we did first aid clinics and helped the churches build and just all kinds of stuff. And about 17 years into this, the Lord just dropped this assignment on me and he said, I want you to host a nationwide women's conference, a women's conference for a nation. And I remember fighting him and I just said, God, I think the assignments got messed up in heaven. You know, that sounds like an assignment for like Joyce Meyer Ministries with the El Budget Toe. And this is Jen Tringale Ministries. Like maybe we could start with like a regional thing, you know, like a tent meeting and work our way up. And he wasn't impressed at all. And Nationwide Women's Conference for a Nation. And then he said... And I want you to do it a five-star first-class version because I am do, having you do this because I want to honor what's been dishonored and restore what's been broken in those women. See, the women in that culture were treated very much like second-class citizens, and so the honor of, of doing this was a big deal. And so they had to see and feel that. We couldn't just say, we honor you. We had to show them that we honor them. It's what I appreciate about Highway Church. Everything's done with such excellence. It's not about being all posh and all great. It's about honoring what represents the Lord and honoring the people that come to receive from Him. And so anyway, you can imagine, you know, what this budget was. And so it was coming to the time of the event, and, and we had already so much hundreds of thousands of dollars had come in for this it was so expensive we had to buy up tv time and we rented the largest event center in the nation and we had a, a 50 foot red carpet we had a 40 foot led screen and just brought in world-class musicians we couldn't get the bosco so we had to get second string and no i didn't know you guys then or i totally that guitar you the high note done done so it was a lot of money. And so anyway, we're like um, 60 days out from this nationwide event, and, uh, and we're still about 50 grand short. And so I'm carrying the weight of this. Now, I know none of you have ever been through anything <laughs> like this where you're carrying the weight of something, but this was a big deal. I'm 60 days out. Everybody that's given is pretty much given, and I still need 50 grand, and I got no idea where it's going to come from. And so every night, you know, I'm going to bed, and I'm just fighting scenes in my head like this is how it's going to go down. The money's not going to come. It's going to fall apart, and everybody's going to go, you remember that Jen Tringale? Whatever happened to her? And this is what would play it. You know, the devil will play his version of the story for you. And it's a, it's a horror film. It's never a feel-good movie. It's terrible. And so these scenes would play out. Do you remember, Jen, whatever happened to her? Oh, remember she tried to take on that nationwide event, and the whole thing imploded, and she went a little crazy. And the Boscos felt bad for her, and so they, they put her on staff as like a hospital visitation pastor, you know, because... Nobody knew what to do. I mean, the, literally, I would just, these scenes. And so I just remember, it was like the, so many nights of this. And so one night I was trying to go to sleep and I'm fighting this. And, and I just threw back the covers. I sat up in my bed and I just said, God, you know what? This isn't fair. 
this wasn't my idea. You called me to do this. I'm trying to step into this thing that you're moving me into. I don't have 50 grand. I'm believing you. It's not coming. And I'm doing everything I know to do to try and get this money to come. And I'm doing this. And I am going through my list of everything I'm doing and how he's not doing anything and what's working. And da 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 Like the Italian in me is so strong at this point. I'm like, God, what? What? For all you Southerners, I'll interpret later, but that's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I just remember getting to the end, you know, of my tantrum. And I just remember just sitting there getting quiet. And isn't it funny how God will never, like, chew you out when you're in a tantrum? He's so tender. I mean, it's, it's the point where you go, oh, here it comes. He's really going to lay me out for that. And he always just goes so, so sweet. And... um. And so I just remember getting quiet, and I just remember it was like the Holy Spirit said, are you done? And I was like, yep, I think I am. Kind of regret it, but it's out there now. And I'll just remember just in my room with my eyes closed, and I, I didn't see, you know, anything open-eyed. I'd never seen Jesus open-eyed, but I remember having my eyes closed, but all of a sudden, it, I, pi- I could see my room. I pictured my room in front of me, know what it looked like. And, and all of a sudden, I was just so aware of, like, the, the outline of the person of, of Jesus, who I, I know who he is, who he is to me. You know, we know his presence. To me, he's, he's my champion, always in my corner. And, and so it was like he was, he was in my room, and he was right there in the corner. And I just remember going, I know you're with me. And I, I just remember the scripture coming up. You said you'd never leave me or forsake me. I know you're here. But all of a sudden it was like heaven wanted me to pay attention to his posture in my room. And so I remember just kind of just trying to pay attention to the detail. And I realized that he was present. He was with me because he said he'd never leave me or forsake me. But he was standing in the corner of my room with his hands folded like this. And then I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me, and he said, how long are you going to allow me to be present but unemployed in your life? How long are you going to let me be with you but not let my grace sustain you? And I realized that things were stalled not because of him but because of me. Because I was so busy doing and trying to transform and transition myself that his hands were tied. He was with me, but he couldn't do anything for me. And so there's something about this season that we're in that God is saying, my glory, my grace will sustain you, but you are going to have to rely and trust in me because it is necessary for these things to be. And I want to say that to you again tonight. I want you to hear this. It is necessary. Reliance in trust is necessary for transformation and change to be. Otherwise, if you don't do it as your life progresses, 
what you will wind up with is a mixture. Part him, but part you. And what is birthed that is part you and part him will not stand the test of time. It will start out strong, but then it will begin to fall through. And church, I want to say this to you. What God is setting you up for, what God is moving you into, absolutely must stand the test of time because there's no time to waste. There's no time to waste. Listen, I don't want to go through all this. I certainly don't want to go through a year like 2020 and just come out the other side and come through 2021 with part me and part him. I have saw what me can produce. I don't want anything of it. And so, God, if the answer to that is setting down my ambition, setting down my version of things, setting down my aversion to change, and leaning into your grace and your sufficiency in who you are to a degree that I've never had before, almost so much that it scares me a little bit, then so be it. Come on, I said, so be it. Why? Because what's at stake? Ever-increasing glory. That can take all the broken, crazy, feisty Italian versions of me and transform me by his spirit into who I am in him. This is what God is doing with you and I. And so what I believe that heaven is doing in the room tonight is even while we've just been in here under the weight of that glory, that he's probably been shining his Holy Ghost flashlight on some pockets and pieces of you, going, this little thing over here that you've been putting up with, this is actually what's hindering your transformation and your transition. So when we talk about unveiled faces and trust, it can start with just asking ourselves this question, what are we putting up with in our lives? What are we putting up with? What are we just allowing to be? What are we just letting it just stay and stay and stay instead of finally turning and looking that thing in the eye, even if it's ourselves and going, something's got to be done about this. God, what do you say? Because you can go through years of your life, and we've all done it. You can go through years of your life just maintaining status quo, putting up with things that we have not addressed. What are you tolerating? I know, it's tough, right? But the eternal weight of glory is worth so much more. It's what comes out of us when we encounter broken people. And in a moment, we just go, I just want you to know for what it's worth, I'm praying for you, and I'm here for you. And in that moment, it's way more than words, because that eternal weight of glory that's on the inside of me comes out of me. And if you don't think that affects people in that moment, then you've never been on the other side of it. I'm talking about an eternal weight of glory that the Bible tells us creation is groaning and waiting for. Not the quick turning of a phrase, not how spiritual we are, not how I'm better than you. I'm talking about an eternal weight of glory that comes out of us and it's something real that reaches out to the brokenness in someone else that makes them go, you know, I think they actually care. 
And why would they? The state of our world that it's in today, I mean, you don't have to go far at all to encounter people like this. And I'll never forget the first time I saw that scripture in a way I'd never seen it before about creation groaning. It, it stopped being creation as in the world we know it, the solar systems, the planet, and creation became a woman. It became a person. It became a family. It became a broken little boy, a broken little girl. And it was a groan, like a deep ache, like a cry. We're living in a world that over 90% of the United States population grew up in some way, shape, or form of abandonment. I'm just saying that the groan is getting so loud that it's deafening. And this is the time for you and I not to have a deaf ear turned to it, not to stand in judgment, but to answer the cry with something real on the inside. Because we live in a place of spirit and in truth. This is the version of Christianity that I'm interested in living. This isn't a Christianity that's just about going through the motions and who you do life with. And it's about way more than that. Eternity hangs in the balance. People's lives hang in the balance. And it's what made Jesus get on his knees in the biggest transition of his life. And knowing what was waiting for him, he said, not my will. Knowing what it was going to cost him. That he was going to feel every bit of it. He said, but not my will, God. Yours be done. And if he can do that for me, and I get to do it by his grace, then I can say it for him. Doesn't mean it's not going to cost me. But compared to the eternal weight of glory that it's going to get me, the cost is so inconsequential. It's just, what do you value more? I sense the presence of God so sweet here tonight. I know this isn't a run in the aisles, rock'em, sock'em word, but I believe that this transformation deal is so critical to God that he's just doing what the Bible said he would do, that he's still searching the earth, looking for those, going, Will you let me transform you? Would you, would she let me transform her? Could I use him? Could I use her? And there's no protocol, there's no list that you have to match up to. It doesn't take a perfect past. It doesn't take the perfect education. You don't have to know the right people. There's still only two requirements. It's the willing and the obedient that get to eat the good of the land. Can I pray over you tonight? Father, your presence is already so strong in this room. There's a movement in the spirit in this room. 
Father, I've sensed the activity of heaven in this room. Holy Spirit, I've been watching you working as I sense it in my heart. I've been watching you work as we've gathered around your words. I've been watching you change the attitudes of our heart and adjusting our motives and giving us the courage, Father, to pull things out that we haven't wanna, wanted to look at. God, you've been adjusting our sails because of where you're wanting to take us. But God, you love us enough that you're only going to take the whole person that we are, not the version that we're just trying to be. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? And help us stand in a greater place of unveiled faces. Would you come right now as the spirit of truth and stand with us? And by your spirit open our eyes to see and our ears to hear. Not what other people would say, but what you would say, what the Father would say about who we are. Come on, let's just wait on him a moment. From glory to glory, God, from glory to glory. Father, I ask that you would posture our hearts, not just for the change that we want, God, but the change that we didn't see coming. And prepare us. God, that we wouldn't miss you, but we would walk in step with you. That we wouldn't change our timing, but... We pick up the words of the psalmist David and we say, God, that our times and our seasons are in your hands. They're not in our hands, God. They're not in my hands. They're in your hands. So move me to the ticking time clock that you have for my life. That's our prayer tonight. Father, these aren't my seasons. These are your seasons. Father, whatever that destiny clock is saying about our time right now father paint it on the inside stamp it on our heart that when it's time to move we move when it's time to adjust we adjust father when it's time to go we go and we follow you into what feels like the unknown but it's not unknown to you And we take you at your word. You said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And we trust you, God. And we trust you. So I just want to invite you, those of you that are watching online and that are here tonight, because what I know is that we can't hear words like this and it not require from us a new place of trust, a new place of dedication to his version of our lives 
and a new place of consecration. And maybe that's a word you don't know a lot about, but a consecration is a set-apartness. It's a commitment to live not how everybody else lives because you value something different than what other people value. It's to say, God, my life is not my own. It's been bought with a price and you paid it. And so I will pick up the words of Jesus, my champion, and say, not my will, but yours be done. And so I just want to invite you to take that place tonight. You can sit right where you are in your chair. If you want to kneel down, some of you might want to just come up here. I'm not in a hurry. We're not going to take a real long time here, but I just know in my own life that places like this where I commit and I consecrate and I dedicate, nothing else could replace that. And so, Father, we take that place with you tonight and we say our life is in your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, for the sake of transition and transformation, we commit and dedicate. And we trust you, God. Move, Holy Spirit. Move, Holy Spirit. I just keep sensing in my spirit that some of us that are here have had sort of like a, a death grip, just grab, had hold of certain things in our lives that we've said, this is my life. But this is my life. This is, this is what I do. This is who I am. And there's something about you being able to transition and transform that God's going, you're going to have to let go of that, that grip that deadlock you've had on that thing that you define yourself by, you're going to have to let that go for me to move you forward. You think it's the be-all, end-all, but it's, it's cutting you short. And I need you to be willing to just peel your fingers off of that thing and hand it to me and put your hand in my hand again. So, Father, by faith, we do that tonight. We thank you, Father. God, I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, Lord, that you're opening up new things on the inside. And although we cannot see them now, God, it's as if we know we're moving towards something, but we don't yet know all of what it is yet to be. But there's enough that compels us that says we cannot stay where we are. And that knowing is enough to follow you. That knowing is enough to take hold of your spirit and to go where he says go and to change where he says change and to rearrange everything that you're wanting to rearrange so that we can move into a greater place that you designed for us to be. For God, what else will we spend the days of our life here on earth doing? 
if not to live and fulfill the life you prepared for us. God, even in our humanity, it's not enough to secure us. It's not enough to satisfy us. There's nothing this side of heaven, Lord, that will ever take the place of fulfilling your purpose, your plan, and living for you all the days of our life. God, we're so thankful that you said you placed us in the palm of your hands. God, we're so thankful that you're the one that made it personal. You're the one that said, I know even the numbers of hairs on your head. You're the one, God, that said that there was a book, and in that book you wrote every one of our days. You wrote the thesis of who we would be and what you made us to do. God, we're so thankful that now that we know you, we can live out the days in the book. We can walk with you and discover them one day at a time. Your goodness and your love and your grace and your mercies. Oh, your mercies for our lives. And so we open up wide to receive. God, we ask you to forgive us tonight for every place of self-sustaining that we have slipped into. God, maybe we did it aware or not aware. Either way, we did it to secure ourselves, but God, there's no security outside of you. And so we repent. And we step back into the fullness of your grace, the fullness of your spirit. God, we declare over us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we choose to live out of the new creation you made us to be. And we thank you for life and life more abundantly. Thank you for the dream. God, that's the dream. Life and life more abundantly. That's the big picture, God. That's the big idea. And we thank you for it. Lord, I pray over Highway Church that their greatest days are before them. Lord, that you are unveiling and unfolding new pockets and places of the plan, things that you destined from the very beginning. We thank you, Father, that new places of grace are opening up for the plan. God, new resources are coming too. God, we thank you for everything that you've called Highway Church to be and everything that you've called Highway Church to do. Lord, I thank you that they don't follow man's plan. They follow heaven's idea. They don't mimic man's sound. They hear heaven's sound. And because of it, Father, they answer the cry and the groan that maybe others cannot hear. But God, they hear it. We thank you for it, Father, that there is an ever-increasing movement of glory through this plan. And that real transition and real change and real transformation is taking place by your spirit in your mighty name. And we say, so be it. So be it.
in the mighty name of Jesus. So be it, so be it, so be it. And we say it over your lives. We say it over you too. Come on, this is one of those places that we're probably just going to stay in tonight. You'll probably drive home in this tonight going, oh, it's like driving into a weather system. You're just in it till it moves out, and I don't think it's moving out anytime soon. You know, when he spoke that word to me, transition and transformation, he didn't explain to me right then what that meant. It was a word I had to live with, and that's what a lot of you are going to be encountering and experience, experiencing. This is, this is a word, this is a season you're going to have to live, with, live in and lean into, and, and as you do, he's going to start showing you more and more of what that is. And when we gather in the morning, we'll step right back into this and say, God, what do you have to speak to this? What do you have to say to this? And change us in it. Amen. But I believe everybody came tonight not just to hear a turn of a phrase, but to be changed. Did you come to be changed? Come on, is he changing us tonight? Let's just lift our hands to him and thank him again. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you, we trust you, and we bless you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of his goodness, who he is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life he came to give you.